Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we've got weeks of tech news to talk about, including Verizon buying Yahoo, not even the good parts. We're also going to talk about Hulu canceling free streaming, uh, why iPads are better in your business than your home. We'll also talk about Instagram ripping off the best parts of Snapchat and uh, why Walmart spent $3 billion on a website you've never heard of. Get psyched because it's time for Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 138, recorded August 8th, 2016, on Verizon's bid, Hulu's wallet, and Instagram's Snapchat. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast that's poised to break a world record. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by our gold medal finalists. It is from the great country of the United States of America, Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. Gentlemen, what's going yeah. on? See, you're not going to move to the Netherlands, Sean? I am. No, no, <laughs> no. They, we, they joked about that, and I was like, eh, pass. Uh, Even. Okay. Thank you. It's kind of like here, but not as good. So I'm just going <laughs> to that. No that's offense to anyone in the Netherlands. Patriotic thing I've ever heard you uh, say. Well, you know, that's. Mo- most places are like here, but worse. So. Um, but I am very glad to be back. 10 days was far too long to be. You know me, I'm not a vacation guy. I'm not a travel guy. So I was like, I've yeah. had enough. I, I've, uh, I've been feeling our, our, our lack of podcasting this summer. And it's, it's yeah. been pretty rough on me. It's been a tough schedule. I've done a lot of like reading alone in my house, which is, <laughs> which is a huge bummer. <laughs> and oh. you don't even have any books, new books recommended from me. So like, I know supposed no, to read. I, I still haven't finished the expanse. I'm still reading that. Okay. <laughs> uh, and also my current pick, I found a book on my own. Nice. Yeah. I'm but we'll talk it. about that later. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to be back, too. It, it has been too long. Um, but it's hard to do the show when you're several time zones away. Yep. Yeah, yeah. that goes. I'm sure hotel Wi-Fi wouldn't support our streaming. Actually, ads. believe it or not, I had the best hotel Wi-Fi. I was in the... So, get ready for this. I was in the oldest hotel in the Netherlands, built in 1397. And I was running Chris. 20 to 25 down. Wow. Fastest wow. hotel Wi-Fi I've ever I've ever had. It was it was it was insane. I couldn't believe it. It was pretty hmm. great. So yeah, they got good Wi-Fi there. Apparently. I wonder they does also... the Netherlands get like the are they like within the, the Sweden Denmark like area of effect where their internet's better than the rest of Europe? That's a good question. I should have asked when I was there. I tried <laughs> I, I, I all the internet the four G worked great, so that was good. I mean that yeah, it was a pretty also, did you know that a lot of European data centers are in the Netherlands for like Facebook and Amazon, all these places? See, I thought that was uh, like Dublin, like Ireland. There's some in Ireland, but uh, uh, the Netherlands is very flat, so mm. it's they're easy to build big things, but there's actually not that much space. But then also the Netherlands has like no natural like... There's no hurricane risk. There's no flooding. There's no uh, oh, volcanoes, no tornadoes. Uh, so it's a very like ge- geologically stable place to put a giant building. Mm-hmm. Cool. So now you know. Yeah. 
They also don't have stop signs there, which was so I had a car, I had a rental car. Hey, have roundabouts. Well, no, it's it's not only like they have roundabouts. Like it's just at normal intersections, they just don't have stop signs. It's just all like weird yielding laws, uh, where it's like where it's oh. like if it's a yellow triangle, you you don't have to yield. But if it's a yellow triangle with a white border, then you have to yield, but only to the guy on the right. And then there's like a second sign that also says the same thing, but in a different way. It was like, <laughs> so did you you drove around? Oh yeah, I drove. I must have driven. Oh yeah, I drove a whole bunch because I was did in. You? in multiple cities in my 10 days did you use like google maps or something we used a combination of google maps and the uh, the car had a sat nav built in was it a, was google maps able to pronounce the place names um i never used i never used the voice feature so oh, okay. i should have tested that but it did do everything in kilometers by default which was kind of annoying because <laughs> you don't have well, to like it still works if you say miles you yeah know? but that's that gets really confusing where it, like you're looking at your speedometer and it's in kilometers. Uh, it'll the signs will say like 20 to whatever the next city. And then I don't know. I as long as everything's consistent, I don't care what that number means. I know if it goes up, I'm going faster. and I know like what I have to keep that number under. So it doesn't matter to me. All I know is I, I kept needing to convert you know, they'd be like, oh, what's the weather out? Oh, it's uh, 25 degrees. And I'm like, I don't, yeah, you're going to have to, I'm an American. You're going to have, I pulled that car a lot, a lot. Actually, that was another, the other funny moment was I met this very nice uh, young girl, uh, not young girl, you know, 20 something. And she had, she, what country was she originally from? It wasn't from the Netherlands, but it was like Greece or something like that. Anyway, she spoke really good English. She actually learned it from watching YouTube, and we had this great conversation. She was very interested in America and wanted to come visit and was talking about, oh, Texas, oh, yeah, and all this. And, she, <laughs> and, and then she told me, you know, she was telling me American things that had come to the Netherlands. And it was kind of some stereotypical stuff. And then she goes, oh, and you know what we just got here? And I'm like, what? She goes, uh, you know, like in all the movies and the TV, the the red plastic cups that everyone drinks. Out of. <laughs> yes. And she's like, from all the, you know, like that you drink, you, you drink out of. And I'm like, is that really what America is known for exporting is the red solo cup? Yes. Like unprovoked, she br- brings this I'm... up. And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, she goes, you guys use those a lot. And I'm like, yes, we do. Funny story about that. Uh, my friend, she went to school in Scotland and she was a transfer and she was international. So they had like, a small cohort of people who were like that, and they had this whole uh, not introduction week, orientation week, kind of like we had in college, and then a bunch of the students in the thing put together this party for like all the people in this group, and it was an American-themed party, and the most expensive part of the American-themed party was buying from American Amazon the red Solo cups and shipping them to Scotland. It was like, I don't know how many cups, like a 50 sleeve of 50 was like 40 50 dollars total to get there or more i don't know and i couldn't believe it and neither could she because she was from america it was like un, like really these are just the red cups but they're they're iconic they're iconic especially if in like a university setting apparently it's the thing you want to have i wish i'd known i would have filled my suitcase with red solo cups and made a made a bundle yeah well, um, next time that's a good way to make some friends, and then you can take back Stroop waffles uh, and, and mail yeah. some to me. Yes, yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I can. Um, yeah. Well, I all right. That's enough of what I've been up to. What have you guys been up to in the the last few weeks? 
Well, Coley's just been sitting in a corner reading a book. <laughs> sitting <Yeah>. alone. <laughs> yeah. I've been sitting in a corner programming for the past two weekends. Nice. <laughs> so that was good. Oh, yeah. I, I built the whole rundown Slackbot thing. That, yep. that was kind of fun. Easy. I have to say, because, you know, we we do the little things and other people don't necessarily know about it. Every every few days, there's a new toy from Colby or Dan. Something <laughs> that they've thrown to Oh, we're trying this new thing. It's a new this. It's a new that. And I... It's it's amazing. I don't it's know how you do rapid it. Rapid iteration. It, <laughs> and it's working because it gets better every time. It's also called failing fast. The, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. No, but the Slackbot works great. So, yeah. So we'll far, see, we'll see how it how it ages. Hopefully, uh, hopefully better than we do. Um, <laughs> good. All right. Um, let's see. Is there anything? Have you guys been uh, watching the Olympics at all? That's the big. The big yeah. thing going on now. I watch a bunch of Olympics. Uh, I really enjoy volleyball in all its forms. So, so uh, both beach and court. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I briefly played court volleyball in high school. I did. Uh, That's a Colby Rabidou fun. fun fact, right there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, that was fun in ninth grade or tenth grade, maybe I don't remember. But the next year, I got a job instead. Um. Which I don't. Uh, it's unclear whether or not I regret that. I did have more money, um, but you gave up your chance I, for Olympic gold. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoy the volleyball. Uh, I'm not like I think the swimming is kind of boring, honestly. Not that like it's cool when they're actually swimming, but that's like ten percent of the time, and the rest of the time is them talking to you for ten seconds and then showing you two minutes of commercials. Uh, which is brutal. Uh, the gymnastics is also cool. The, the the women's gymnastics team is is pretty impressive. I don't know. What, what, what are you guys into? Well, what's been great is, and I, I did this a bunch this weekend, are you guys familiar with the, the NFL Red Zone channel where they just show you all the touchdowns from all the games as they happen? No. Okay, well, I basically described it. They just show you the touchdowns, and, <laughs> and so they they jump between games. Well, they're doing that for the Olympics called the Gold Zone, and they show you in a quad box four events as they're happening at the same time, and they bounce between the interesting ones. It's the best <laughs> way to watch the Olympics because during, at least during, the, you know, in prime time, it's a little different, but during the day, it was great on the weekend. There's like 12, 15 events all happening at the same time, and so they just bounce between the interesting ones. It's awesome. It, it's that, that's to me the best way to, uh, to watch the Olympics, but yeah, I mean, for me, most events, I, I kind of put into three buckets, right? Because there's your mainstream sports, like your swimming, your volleyball, the gymnastics, the track and field, some of the big ones that they, you know, hype up. Then there's, like, the interesting B-level stuff, like uh, archery mm -hmm. and um, yeah. kayaking. And yeah, the kayaking was crazy. Kayaking was great. It was the, so some hard. Bike racing was kind of cool the other day that was on. Um, mm -hmm. They don't get my, And then there's the sports I don't get. Like, I was watching judo. Yes. I don't get so, it. I put on judo uh, like through the NBC live app. It was like one of the not one of the ones that was actually covered. So it was just judo with no commentators and like announcements in Portuguese. And I had no idea what's, what was going on. Mm -hmm. um, they were just like grabbing each other's shirts and like at it's, some point they would fall to the ground. And I how scoring works is a mystery. And windsurfing right. as well. I was watching windsurfing and that I did not understand um, how you score, how you win. So it's uh, I've been learning a lot. It's been yeah. very educational. There are so many sports. Too many, too many. Yeah. And you know they're adding five more 
for the next Olympics. They're adding uh, one of them is like baseball, though, right? Yeah, baseball. The adding but, baseball. Yeah, and there's this year golf is new. They haven't started that yet. Um, there, it's the the amount of sports is insane. I I mm. I forgot what else they're adding. But there's there's a, there's a handful more. It's totally unnecessary. <laughs> um. So I watched, uh, similar to what you said, Colby, NBC Live app just went to uh, women's fencing, mm-hmm. uh, which, and I had done fencing, so it, it was, like, it was it was interesting to watch in the background, uh, and fencing is really exciting sometimes, like, it's a little bit esoteric, uh, but there is no commentary, and the, it exposed some weird things about what was going on, like, uh, there's a weird thing in fencing, fun factor, after each bout both players pump their fist to try to influence the judge into thinking that they were the one who got scored even though it's all <laughs> electronic and like impossible to game it's just a weird thing that's so that's awesome. going on and then like you know in tennis they have these these grunts of uh i don't know what you'd call them like uh, exuberance uh i don't know what the word is exertion exertion they had like these these primal female screams like screams it was terrifying it sounded and then because it's like the group stage or whatever there's many many bouts happening at the same time it sounds like they're just slowly killing people in the background and you're watching this medieval combat going on it was crazy but i have <laughs> that was the only event i watched after uh, the opening ceremony actually well, well, don't worry, Dan. There's about a thousand other sports in two weeks and thousands of hours of which you can watch. So there, there's no limit. Only your imagination. Um, good. All right. Anything else on the uh, chit-chat front before we move on to, uh, to to the meat and potatoes here? I don't think so. No. I don't we'll chit-chat so. it out. Yeah. We'll chit-chat. Well, I want to remind everybody uh, at home that we are currently live on Facebook, uh, on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash don't panic show. And we do the show live Mondays when one of us isn't traveling or doing something <laughs> um, at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Paci- uh, Central, 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, again, facebook.com slash don't panic show. If you're watching live, please comment on Facebook. I will be monitoring it throughout the show. And if you have questions you want us to answer, thoughts, we'll talk about it. If you're rude, I can't really stop you. So uh, be sure to check it out on Facebook. <laughs> Let's jump in to the news. I think we've got a pretty solid rundown here. We've had a, it was a bit of a busy week uh, in terms of the, the news. A busy, and, uh, what, three weeks though? Well, uh, all these stories are only from the last week. False. Mm-hmm. My oh, story about about what's his name? Oh, crazy man! <laughs> yeah, crazy man. You want to start there? Where do you want? Where do you yeah, want to start? Yeah, I want to start there. All right, sure. Let's talk about it. <laughs> you may know Peter Thiel, and if that name is sounding familiar to you, that's because it's been in the news recently for many reasons. One, he's a billionaire. Um, his uh, he's on the board of Facebook. Uh, he's also a big Donald Trump supporter. Um, and. According to the story, Dan, Dan, you want to introduce the story? I don't uh, think I can do it justice like you can. <laughs> I was kind of looking forward to you trying. All to right. Hey, it. listen, I'll try. I, I read the article okay. before it came on. Okay, good. You did your homework. I did because it because the headline was terrifying. The headline, which is uh, Peter Thiel is very, very interested in young people's blood. Um, <laughs> and this, now, is, this is not a sensationalist headline. No, and Young People's Blood is not some cool new hip-hop artist. No. <laughs> it, is, it is an actual story about billionaire Peter Thiel who is investing in a 
therapy known as uh, parabosis. Pa- Can you really call us a therapist? But keep going. Well, it's the therapy art- to me implies like like uh, physical therapy. Like let's take your body and just do stuff with it in as a way of exercising it, or like uh, mental therapy, where it's not you're not like. There's no one describes mental therapy as you're going to go to a psychologist, they're going to crack your head open and scalp your brain oh. out. It's not th- Anyways. Well, the go dictionary on. defines therapy as treatment intended to relieve or heal a disorder. And if you believe aging as a disorder... Uh, um, chemotherapy? As, as a... True. Yeah. As a counterexample. As what... Uh, this is about to be the well why don't we i mean it's very painful and well i guess it's invasive and not like there is stuff passing through your body you just don't have to open it up anyways why don't we explain it and the folks at home can decide (laughs) he is investing in uh parabiosis which is a uh what they call potentially the fountain of youth the idea and it kind of makes sense on some disturbing level uh which is that if you're older and you want to be younger a great way to do it is to have a blood transfusion from somebody who's younger. Um, This dates back to the 1950s, um, but only recently it's gotten multiple clinical trials in humans in the U.S. and in uh, China and Korea. Now, of course, it's not crazy. People get blood transfusions all the time. That's not crazy. What is crazy is using it as a therapy, or whatever you want to call it, uh, to make yourself younger. Right now, uh, they're doing a trial in California. Um, healthy participants age 35 and older get a transfusion of blood plasma from donors under 25, and then they monitor it over the next two years. Um, they, uh, they're optimistic. It will, uh, it will make a difference. And, uh, Peter Thiel comes in as an angel investor in this venture. Um, he's invested in a number of anti-aging, uh, anti-death, I guess, uh, <laughs> startups. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to, uh, however you want to phrase it. Um, we don't need, we don't need this. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? Hang on, though. Hang on. Time out. Time out. Time out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to back Peter Thiel on this one because there are way crazier ideas than this one. Is it really that insane? Okay, let's hang on. Let's say for a second, it scientifically works. Not that okay, you live so, forever, but you so, know. Okay. But first, what what? How exactly does this work? Like a blood transfusion sounds terrible. Do you just like get hooked up to an IV and sit there for two days? Like how long does it take to replace all of your blood? Do you have to replace all of it? That I, I again, um, for some reason, I didn't renew my doctoral certificate, so it's out of you know it's expired. <laughs> so I can't give you specific doc, uh, doctor advice, but. Um, I, I don't know. But you, did, I, you renewed your lawyer certificate, right? <laughs> yes, and my financial advisor uh, license. <laughs> um, no, what I can tell you is that um, I, I don't believe you have to replace all of it, um, but and, and I can't okay. I can't imagine it would um, take days so, to do. So right. So okay, let's say you go to the hospital for a day, and and how how does this make you younger? Is it like it's not so, just like going to add 90 days onto your lifespan or whatever it doesn't say exactly how how long it will take but it says um while the mechanisms at play aren't totally understood he said young organisms (laughs) blood that's creepy uh not only contains all sorts of proteins that improve cell function it also prompts the recipient's body to increase its production of those proteins meaning what though like to what end does this 
so this is my point. Like, if you could replace everyone's blood and they and they like you give them another fifty years of life, cool. But if this is like, well, like you might be able to get one to five years extra. It's like, well, and or like, yeah, I don't know. Wait, yeah, where's the line between seems... you know common medical procedure and crazy practice for rich people? Right. You know, because yeah. because I think you're right. If it if it does prove to be a large, the problem is right. Let's say you know there's a pill that could reduce aging. You just take the pill. You need a lot of young people's blood for this to work. That's the problem. I don't get how you scale it. I don't mind blood farm, Sean. Well, Hook them in. You, you don't know, need all the blood you have. We got a lot of millennials out of work, right? Let's put <laughs> them back to work. Let's harvest their blood. <laughs> like, like Sean, what if you could go like once a month and like get paid a thousand dollars for like your blood and just just for a day like go and make a thousand i don't know but a chance that your blood was sustaining donald trump though would Mm. you do it then true this does sound like something that would be on his platform like let's put americans back to work by giving their young blood to me so i can live forever um (laughs) no no what scares me about this though is let's (laughs) is if one of many what what happens there you've removed all incentive to donate blood for like good and normal purposes right because well, like, like a thing silicon valley would totally do why, why oh yeah why Absolutely. would i donate to the red cross when you know peter thiel will pay me a thousand dollars for my young blood to make him live forever it's called the sharing economy the sh- john <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say that's capitalism but dan, <laughs> dan i think you just closed your first vc round with uh with a comment <laughs> like that good job yeah, capitalism's got a bad rep. We call it a sharing economy sure. now. Except now it's blood. <laughs> Capitalist has become a pejorative, so we're moving away from that. That's what our, our PR agency told us to do. Wow. Of all our startup ideas, this is one of the more disturbing. Um, I think it, scientifically, I do think it's actually kind of interesting. I'm just very concerned that... You know, it's like Elon Musk wanting to go to Mars. It's like just one of those creepy rich guy things where you're like, why? There's a big difference between going to Mars and this. Like going to Mars is, you could construe it as an altruistic thing. Or Elon Musk wants to be king of Mars. Sure. I mean, eh, either way, I think more more people win in that scenario than Peter Thiel's... uh, let's harvest young people's blood idea, which I, I know he's not necessarily going to do, but also I just can't see it. Like the gains on this can't be that much. You would like, uh, yeah. How much would, how much would you need to get for this to be a, a worthwhile product? It, it doesn't matter though. And it what's does... the quality of life? Like improve your cells. Does that like, what does that actually translate to that? Like, you're less likely to like you reduce your chance of blah 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 by 10 percent uh it's like okay whoopty shit i might not have even ever have gotten whatever you're reducing the chances of anyways yeah but you're dan i think you're missing the point because because people already pay thousands of dollars for plastic surgery procedures that look like crap and barely work like i'd pay twice as much for the cool blood transfusion from young people thing that just sounds better than you know facelift or <laughs> rhinoplasty or whatever you know i mean that's that just that's future shit right there so um i don't think it matters how well it works if, if it works even a little bit 
right. I I would bet that there are people who already do this. Like, yes, underground. Yes, Absolutely. black market young people blood. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. This is like an episode of uh, NCIS or something. This is some law and order shit. This is great. <laughs> oh, man. Rich people, man. They, they got to get a life. <laughs> it's very disturbing. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I'm glad our viewers on Facebook got to enjoy that thrilling conversation. This is a yeah. tech show. Uh, we don't usually talk about, uh, you know, harvesting human blood, I swear. <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing you with uh, an, a fresh young human transfusion. <laughs> no, I'm the other way around. You're going to see me next time. I'm just going to be all white and drained. <laughs> Sean, what happened to you? I sold my blood to a billionaire. He's going to live forever. This um, is the start of a good sci-fi book, though. It, it is. Well, no, but, and then the next step is you harvest... Uh, I think I read this in a, in a book once, where you harvest organs from a young person, then you replace all your organs with young people organs, and then you do live forever. No. Because you just no. keep getting replacements. You can't do a brain transplant, man. That stuff's got a shelf life. But but you would hope that all the other yes. organs working in, I don't know. Again, I, I lost my doctor's license, so who am I to, <laughs> who am I to say? Um, all right, good. Well, let's move on to some actual tech. Uh, what would you guys like to discuss next? Hulu. Hulu. Everyone's uh, third favorite uh, streaming service. I don't know about third favorite. Maybe that's not. After after what two in your mind? Uh, Netflix and, I don't know, toss up between YouTube and Amazon Prime. Okay. But I then again, it... I know people who say they cut Hulu last, so. Because it depends on who you are. Well, the good news is, guys, free ain't going to cut it no more because Hulu is eliminating it's free ad-supported streaming service. You may remember that's how it launched um, originally. I way thought back. that was already gone. Like, what, no. what was remaining? No, what was remaining is you could have watched select shows. So usually, let's say it's a new first-run show. Usually it was only the last five episodes with ads. You could watch for free, but only on a desktop or laptop. No mobile apps or streaming apps. So it was very limited. You're not wrong there. Um, and it's been doing that ever since it launched um of course hulu co-owned by disney fox comcast time warner um they've decided that that is not a good option for them anymore so they're eliminating the free tier subscription only at 7.99 with some ads and 11.99 without ads on all your devices um so there will still be some ads in there uh what's interesting though and get ready for this because i don't even completely understand this they've taken the free part of hulu and they've put it on yahoo Stay with me here. Oh. They call it Yahoo View, and they say it features Hulu, and you'll be able to see, again, if this sounds familiar, the five most recent episodes of broadcast shows for free with ads. So essentially, they've just taken the free part of Hulu and stuck it into Yahoo. Huh. Interesting. That, that's fascinating. I, I admit Well, they've had stuck it into Verizon is what they've done. Now, yes. <laughs> that, when you put it that way, yes. <laughs> That's odd. Now, so I have a question. Could you want stream Hulu stuff for free on, like, other devices besides the web? Okay. That's just what the I web. Yahoo View for now is just the web, but they do say mobile mobile apps are coming. 
with mm. the free stuff. So that would be an additional, that would be new service on top of what Hulu would have traditionally. Gotcha. Do we think this is a, a good idea, bad idea, an idea? I don't know. I... Right now, Hulu is like the bottom of my uh, subscriptions to cancel list. Uh, or the top, I guess, if if depending on which which direction you're partial to, mm-hmm. um, and I just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, like, I don't really watch anything on it, but I I can't imagine. Like, I guess they mustn't be making very much money off of it compared to the paid subscriptions if they're getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. Or they uh, want to drive people into the paid subscriptions. Right, right. But I, I was talking to someone this weekend who, I forget what it was about, some TV show. Uh, oh, I, I've, I've, uh, I forget what it was. Anyways, and I was like, oh yeah, and she, and she said, yeah, I tried to watch that, but it wasn't on like my mom's Netflix, and it wasn't on YouTube, so I just can't watch it. Mm-hmm. Just, like people just don't pay for anything. Like it has to be on Netflix. Or on YouTube, otherwise it, they will never watch it ever. Uh, so I would have guessed that a lot of uh, those people would have used the Hulu free thing, but maybe the whole notion of keeping up with TV shows is not a thing people do anywhere. So just having the five most recent isn't worth it. I used that before though. Like when a new show starts, you have five weeks to start it, <laughs> which is pretty nice. Yeah, uh, well, a nice nice safety buffer. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly an improvement over, like, broadcast television with no option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you can also pretty much do the same thing off of, like, most shows do that on their own websites, too. So it wasn't really, like, at this point, point, like, now, there was, at, at one point in the past, that was, I don't think that was the case. But, like, now, you can watch, like, any Comedy Central show, like, on the Comedy Central website. Uh, I mean, it's not convenient. Like, you won't get it on your TV, but you didn't get that anyways. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe if Yahoo, the new Yahoo thing is on, like, other devices, it might be cool for people. Uh, it's, did did we talk about how uh, the new Star Trek series is only going to be on the CBS app? Not no, on... well, we didn't. we didn't get a chance to talk about that. Which yeah. is an interesting story. So if you know CBS All Access, which is the name of their paid subscription service, and that's five ninety nine a month, I think. Um, as you mentioned, Dan, we'll be home exclusively to Star Trek Discovery, I believe is the name. Uh, it will also be home, uh, by the way, they just announced, if you're a fan of the reality show Big Brother, uh, which usually airs each summer, they're doing a special fall season that will be exclusively available on CBS All Access and will not air on traditional broadcast television. Um, so they are they are pushing more exclusives in that direction as well. I is think it, is, is this how is this how cable comes crashing down? Like not the a la carte thing we hoped for, but uh, all new series every network just puts only on their app to drive up app uh, subscriptions, which is going to make them like. They they figure maybe they figure they're losing money on the cable stuff anyway, so might as well cannibalize themselves, uh, put these new shows as exclusives on their thing, and then before like in twenty years all shows will be exclusive on their thing. 
well, that's exactly the model Netflix and and Amazon and Hulu have been pushing. Except they which is never that, had. They never had. They were never the distributor as well. Exactly. Exactly. But the idea that an original will drive traffic to a new service, um, and and will will create you as a destination, um, you know. I, again, Dan, I think your point is fair that nobody needs CBS All Access if you just have a regular TV. I mean, yeah, you get their on-demand stuff, but it, is it really worth five nine nine a month? It's where the exclusives come in that you're really. Right. you're really generating the need for an ad to pay for that. If you're a big brother fan or if you're a star Trek fan, you're going to get CBS all access. Um, and then hopefully stick around to watch <laughs> their other stuff. And big oh, brother so... and star Trek are very not overlapping <laughs> sets of people. So they <laughs> don't drive a lot of traffic. That no, way. but not, but neither is uh, Adam Sandler movies and uh, Marvel series, but yep. somehow they work on Netflix. So yep. different strokes for different folks. Uh, now I have a question. So, so Sean, you mentioned this idea of, uh, driving subscriptions with, with original content. Does like have Netflix or Amazon or anyone like actually released numbers or suggested that that actually works? Um, I know, I mean, I know, I feel like there semi recently, there have been some like sort of woes about Netflix's financial situation after their, uh, kind of last couple years of investing heavily in content mm-hmm. um, and them not not really uh, or or their subscriber growth slowing uh, on the heels of that. Uh, so I was, I was interested. I, I'm interested to know if you have any more information. Yeah, the, the, the metric discussion between Netflix and Amazon and these streaming services is extremely interesting because they don't release numbers. You're you're right. Mm-hmm. They they don't they don't talk about it, and you'll push them, and they won't talk about it. And and when they do talk about, it, it's always in comparative terms, right? It's our number one most watched show. Okay, well, what does that mean? You know, right. by 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 you know, two more people, a hundred more people, a thousand more people. Um, one thing that they do point out, and I think goes to this point that originals drive traffic, is that when um, a Netflix series, Orange Is the New Black, is a good example, wins a lot of Emmy awards or Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. They always come out and say, "Look, our our viewership numbers spiked because we got the the attention because of our original series, and that's driving eyeballs to the platform. Hopefully, watching things that aren't just orange is the new black." So, yeah. you know, I, I think there's some evidence to that, but you're right, we don't know, and it's really interesting. You see the Amazon series where before a show even launches on Netflix, they renew it for two more seasons, even though no one's watched it, right? Because, because it's such a weird metric play that we just don't know. Yeah. Where where these numbers are coming from? They they they're I guess a lot smarter than we are because they really <laughs> they don't talk about it or they don't know either. Um, I think I think that that makes sense, right? Like you hear about Orange is a New Black on the Emmys, and then you go like, oh, maybe I should check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, or like you hear about everyone watching Game of Thrones, and you're like, oh, I guess I'll get HBO. Yep. Um, I mean, I guess. It, in a certain sense that like idea is not a new thing. It's whether or not you're uh, subscribing to something like HBO or Showtime on your, with your cable package versus uh, something online. It's really not that much different than that. Um, but <laughs> I would question whether, I mean, I, so I'm, I'm about to say some like uh, speculative, speculatively disparaging things about the new Star Trek series on CBS. But knowing what I know about other shows on CBS, I can't imagine a that I'm going to want to watch that Star Trek series, or b it's going to win an Emmy. Um, so maybe that's totally unfair. Uh, but like, I don't know. I don't know if they'll 
like I can't see see them getting like that kind of traffic driver. But maybe they have leverage in that they're a network and they can show their own ads to people ad nauseum who are watching like NCIS every week. Well, but but think of it this way, right? Imagine you go on uh, four or five days before the show launches on All Access. And we'll, I don't know if they're doing it per week or all at once. We'll just say it all at once. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone on your Twitter is buzzing about how great it is. All the critics are saying how great it is. Shortly after it launches, um, CBS is talking about how it's their most watched show on their platform. And they've already renewed it for two more seasons. I think that's what's more likely to drive somebody to watch it than you know, uh, than, than broadcast ads or, or simply saying, hey, it's on CBS, it might not be good. I, that's what Netflix yeah. does so well is drive buzz mm. because I guarantee, well, and we don't know the numbers, these shows must spike in viewers and then drop right off. Yeah. Um, and that's why they've got to be so good about really pushing it up front. I mean, I mean, I guess that's the question is like, will CBS, CBS create something that like is buzzworthy, right? Like, I don't think most of their shows are buzzworthy. Like right. I think people watch their shows because they watch TV on Friday night and the things on CBS are like the most, most what they're, they want to be seeing, but like they're the same as everything that's come before them. Um, so that's a question. Like, will this Star Trek thing be like cool or will, will it just be like the usual like network TV, like nonsense bluff that is, now, if if this Star Trek series is like, like let's not say Game of Thrones level good, uh, like the Expanse good. Did you watch the Expanse series? I if it's like that good, would you would you pony up the five dollars a month to to watch it all? I might consider it. Uh, but depending, that, I, I would, think that's I all would... they need to do. They just need because like the name Star Trek and not sucking will be like. Like that's good enough because you go back, you watch the, right. the like even TNG and TOS. It's like, right. oh man, it's like thirty well, percent also... of those episodes are good. <laughs> True, yeah. you're lucky it's not memorable, but a lot of times you get a real stinker in there. Yeah, and it's it's certainly not the case that there's never been a good show on network television. Like that's not true. Like The West yeah. Wing was on network television. The West Wing is amazing. Thirty Rock was on network television. Thirty Rock is amazing. Uh, Firefly was briefly on network television. <laughs> and Firefly, Firefly is the greatest show that was was ever created. Um, but, but, I like. I feel like a show ha- like that hasn't come around in a long right. time. Right. Well, and the other the, the the second piece of that right is okay. Let's say Star Trek is good enough to get you to pony up five ninety nine for a month. All right. After you watch the first season. You're going to cancel your subscription, probably, because <laughs> you're not going to watch anything else on CBS. How do they keep people on the platform? Yeah. That's that's the second well, half of your equation. HBO Now has kept me on it because, like, the non-overlapping months between uh, Last Week Tonight and Game of Thrones is, like, two or three months where not one, one of those is not on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something like, there's there was stuff last year, uh, what was that thing called? The Jinx? Yep, it was one last year. So like, I, I'm committed to HBO now. Like I've got, I always feel like every month I get value. Plus the 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 movies that they have on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's how I watched uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh my god, that so, was amazing. Yeah, so CBS, like, 
what what happens if all if CBS uh, is probably the biggest example of this? Does any of the other like cable networks, like TV networks, have their own platform like this? Not not that you pay separately. Not that I can think of. NBC has a comedy only channel. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That you can pay for, but it's not full NBC. I think I think CBS is the only one. So, imagine if CBS just decides to become like Amazon or HBO or Netflix, where they not they have their own backlog of stuff. They have new exclusives they're going to put on. They're going to have continuing series, but they can also make deals with movie companies like HBO does and be like, "Yo, you want to watch?" Uh, the new Avengers movie that just came out, well, you can stream it on our platform right now, $5 a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there's no reason they couldn't do that. And now they're not even, like, they don't even look like a cable company anymore. No. And that's, like and that's a beauty broker of, on your behalf. And that's the beauty of vertical integration because they're uh, they're co-owned with the uh, Paramount Movie Studio, you know? There I mean, you, they're, you know, CBS oh, Television Studios. I mean, they, you know, they, they want content. They can get it. Yeah, uh, I think that's what they have to do. Like, if... By the time Star Trek's over, they have another big route, like, they bring in movies, or they have another show like that that they bring on, then I think you could keep those subscribers. But That's but then, what HBO seemed to do. But then getting back to the Hulu piece, and, and them splitting off the ad stuff to uh, Yahoo slash Verizon, is that um, it's very, these are very different models, the ad model and the subscription model. And I think it's going to get harder and harder as more and more subscription services come around. It's easy to watch something ad-supported. It's difficult to get somebody to click to buy something subscription. And I think that there there will be a breaking point where there are just too many $5.99 subscriptions for all of these various services. And, and that's why I, I think it's actually interesting that Hulu opted to keep, because I'm sure Hulu is still going to get a cut of the Yahoo revenue, because um, mm. as far as I know, it'll still be Hulu-branded. I think it's interesting that they chose to keep that model around because they could have discontinued it, but instead they've opted to say, look, there is a percentage of our customers that are okay only watching the last five episodes and don't care that there are ads. And that is now a different model because my guess would be that they were having difficulty selling ads and that's why they'd rather have Verizon do that piece because Yahoo has its own ad network and I'm sure they'll take care of that. Mm. Um and listen, we'll take the money from the subscriptions and be happy with that, but we'll also take a cut of the ad revenue because we want to cover all our bases. I think that's an interesting piece when you talk about something like CBS because to say they're going to push and go digital is, is a good idea, and I think they will, but I don't think it'll come at any point at the expense of their traditional ad-supported model because I, I don't think in this day and age, you know, Netflix is a different beast. Amazon... Traditional ads are like at the expense of their cable business yeah well going going exclusively subscription where they're they're no they don't athlete. have to go exclusively subscription. no but that's what i'm saying and i don't think they would that's that's just yeah, my no. point but but we're starting hulu as an example is they're starting to sh- more companies starting to shift to the subscription because they see it working for the netflixes of the world and i think that companies will start to pump the brakes on that and realize that you can't go full subscription um it's a very difficult thing to obtain right well, I think there's a lot of competition in full subscription. And it'll only get tougher. And it will right. only get tougher. But then the other problem is, like, do we know how much... Are, is the cost of... You would probably know this, Sean. Is the cost of a TV ad spot... Uh, not the cost, but, like, the return on that? As, as a cable news network, 
how much money do you make selling TV ads now? Well, like, I, is that trending down like it had been with newspapers for the past 20 years? Um, ad rates, I, I genuinely could not tell you what the trend is. Um, I, I don't believe it's exceedingly terrible. I think it's reasonable. Um, the problem is ratings are down. That's the problem. They're still because you sell ads based on ratings, so it's not that the ads are getting cheaper, or more expensive. It's just that, you know, uh, ten years ago, the shows used to get like a ten share, right? Which means ten percent of all TVs in the U.S. were tuned to that show. They call that ten share. Today, it's not uncommon for a CBS show, well, CBS actually does okay, for a Fox show to get one and a half share. Which, which right. is insanely small. Which reduces their profits on the TV shows exactly. that they have. The idea being is that today they end up making more money back in foreign sales, in streaming rights, in syndication rights, in cable because there's more cable channels than ever and they got to air something at 3 a.m. Um, they rebuy those shows. It's all the ancillary you know, merchandise. Um, right. It, it's, it, that's, that's where you're making the money. But you're right. It's a more difficult model. Um, and that's why yeah, I think that overall ad supported, like we saw it last year with the, the, what, what should we call it? The, uh, ad blocker, uh, extravaganza of 2015, mm -hmm. uh, the ad blocker apocalypse of 2015, uh, like that ad apocalypse ad, ad, ad blockalypse. It's because it's so hard to make money doing that. And it's easier for the TV networks, but it's, like the writing's kind of on the wall, uh, so I think that yeah, continue to sell like have your news thing as long as it's profitable. Continue to sell your shows like everywhere, but but if you can pull an HBO, like I think HBO is the best example of this, and sort of only like it, I'm sure it wasn't like this inside, but from the outside, like one year there was no HBO, the next next was no HBO. Now the next year there is. And suddenly, like, you could easily picture HBO as being like, ah, no more HBO, like, whatever. Give us your $10 a month. Uh, doesn't matter to us. Well, uh, CBS doesn't, like, CBS, it will happen much later, but if they can set themselves up so that, like, two years from now, we're like, oh, CBS, they used to be this stupid thing that showed Big Bang Theory, and now, like, they still have Big Bang Theory, but it has these two other shows I really like. I get them online. I don't ever have to watch an ad for Big Bang Theory. Like, great. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say two quick things, and then I want to move on because I want to make sure we have time okay. to talk some other stuff. But um, quickly, one, you you have to remember, uh, you already pay. Well, you don't, but most people already <laughs> pay ESPN five or six dollars a month in a subscription anyway. It's called your cable subscription, so they're already there's already a subscription model. Of course, it's it's reduced because of advertising, and they don't you know some stage some cable channels are as cheap as twenty five cents a month. Um, because of ad revenue. So there is a subscription piece already in there, right? It's just a matter of who they take it from. And then the other piece I will mention is that uh, we talk about, I, I want to make sure it's very different when you're talking a CBS or NBC than a cable channel because mm -hmm. CBS and NBC actually own antennas and towers and airwaves and um, have different licensing with the FCC. And it in the future, cable channels going exclusively subscription, I think, is very plausible. I think it's a very interesting discussion when you talk network television uh, because of how radically different it is. But we're, we're not broadcasting experts, so we won't get into that. But we will move uh -huh. on to another story um, as, as time slips away. Um, gentlemen, what else on here is worth chatting about? to figure out how oh there it is <laughs> how do i see what the rundown is we, we've got we've got um 
uh, Verizon Yahoo. We've got iPads in the office. We've got uh, uh, fa- uh, Instagram stories. We've got what well, the so jet Verizon Yahoo. You can just say like rest in peace. We talked about this a billion times before. Okay, story done. <laughs> yep. Uh, what about the uh, Jet acquisition? That was just today, right? Yes, absolutely. Walmart buying Jet.com for $3 billion. And I know what you're saying to yourself. What the hell is a Jet.com? Well, <laughs> I'm I'm very familiar with this, but... Oh, okay. Well, I want to hear it because I've never used this site. But Jet.com started eight months ago. So it's very new. And now is the largest U.S. e-commerce acquisition in history at $3 billion in cash, as well as $300 million of Walmart stock that will paid out over time. Uh, the Jet.com executives will go on to run Walmart's e-commerce um, across Walmart, Sam's Club, and other Walmart brands. Um, yeah, Dan, you have you used Jet.com? So Jet.com is, like, I work in e-commerce, so it was a thing that was talked about. Uh, reception for I was sitting was it's, an Amazon clone that abuses the venture capital model to undercut even Amazon and then get acquired, which is what they did. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So you say, like, cool, here's, like, your groceries and headphones and, like, a bunch of crap you can buy on Amazon, mass-produced stuff, and we'll do, like, the shipping thing, we'll have warehouses, uh, but we don't, kind of like how Amazon worked for a long time, we don't need to make any money. So we'll just like go into hyper growth mode, uh, make take a loss on everything, and grow, and then get bought. That was always my uh, perception. I don't think there's anything special about the product. I mean, it works okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's impressive that they got something that could be mistaken for Amazon up in eight months. <laughs> uh, Have yeah. you tried it? Have you ordered anything from? No, nope, I've never used it. Looking here now, they sell uh, jet-branded paraphernalia. Uh, They have, like, a baby section, Jet jet Cares. Well, fun fact, the Jet co-founder and CEO um, first made his money selling diapers.com to Amazon for $500 plus million. Uh, So he has experience doing this then. I mean, uh, (laughs) listen, this was a, what do they call it now, an aqua hire? I mean, this really, they weren't buying Jet.com to leave Jet.com up and running and to sell more stuff. They bought yeah. Jet.com because Walmart e-commerce has kind of, um, what put it this way, Walmart, Amazon sells $99 billion a year in stuff on the internet. Walmart, by comparison, sells $14 billion a year, a fraction of a fraction. So, mm-hmm. um, and its growth rate, Walmart's growth rate has decelerated for five consecutive quarters. They're hemorrhaging e-commerce sales. So, you know, do, is it fair to call this a desperate attempt? Um yeah, probably. <laughs> so inter- it does do a couple of interesting things. Uh, when you add an item to your cart, the price lowers because you're signaling intent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can opt to not ever be able to return the item for more of a price decrease. And if you pay with a debit card, they take out the credit card transaction fees from your mm-hmm. thing. It is it is a it is a a bit of a, a throw it at the wall and see what sticks kind of business. I think. Yeah. You know, let's say let's try a couple different gimmicks and see what works uh one thing i'm noticing that is potentially interesting is the like i don't know i've never really used it before before so i don't understand like the breadth of what they sell but uh just looking here for i noticed they had a lot of like sort of everyday things that you might get at like the grocery store or the pharmacy um 
which with Amazon, like you can get some of that stuff, but they, I, I've never found a particularly wide selection of like brands or things like, um, uh, like I'm trying to buy things like toothpaste and deodorant and, and uh, like mouthwash on Amazon and like had success with some of those things. Like I've been able to buy Listerine off of Amazon, but not always the, the brand and like flavor of deodorant that I like to wear or the, 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 the branded and flavor of toothpaste that I like to use. Um, and just looking on jet dot jet.com, they have like, I, I was looking at deodorant, but they have like deodorant selection that's comparable to like the Walgreens down the road from me. Um, which is pretty interesting. Like I, I honestly will consider buying deodorant from this, uh, simply because they have what I need. And, and deodorant is a thing that I know I'm running out of before I'm running out. And you know, you're not going to return it. Right. I'm definitely not going to return it. <laughs> um, I mean, unless it, there, it's a disaster, accepted. right? <laughs> unless it's a so, disaster. Right. How disastrous would the deodorant have to be in order for you to consider returning it? Like what would it have I, to happen? I mean, if it, if it came and it was no longer contained in the, in the, in the capsule, <laughs> I think they, that they, would be a deal breaker. They just ship him a brick. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, I think I'm going to return this. I don't think this is going to work. Yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe I'll take the jet.com challenge and, and report back on how it is. But the real question <laughs> is, will you take the walmart.com challenge? Mm. What now, would you do to buy from walmart.com? Walmart.com isn't too bad. Uh, I've bought things on walmart.com. And, and now they have a two-day option as well with the, you know where i forget what the price was but their yearly subscription for two year shipping uh two two year shipping two days <laughs> very different <laughs> see i would take two day shipping from them but i don't think i would subscribe to walmart.com to get two day shipping well because the things i want two day shipping on i can get on amazon well but that's what sure. it is you're only going to pick one right you're not gonna have subscriptions at all these different right. places and you're already on amazon that's the problem amazon's got such a lead it's like You've got to do sun, you know, jet.com. Maybe if they offer enough discounts and, and the two day shipping is free and all this, maybe I'd switch. But, you know, I've been a I've been a prime customer since 2009. I don't I don't have a ton of incentive to, to leave. Yeah. Prime, I mean, Prime also has so many value added things, too. Like. Uh, like there are shows on Amazon, like original going back to our not to derail us again but like there are shows on amazon that i i do like to watch and i will watch when they come back out and unlike hulu or netflix i don't have to pay for amazon every month and i'm getting like actual tangible like regular value out of my prime subscription so it was very forward thinking of amazon if you if you really think about it to 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 realize that competition would eventually catch up to prime and that they had to really lock people in outside of just the shipping so it's an interesting uh way, way to think about it in that respect but three billion dollars is a lot of money to spend for uh for amazon light half the calories <laughs> um That's true. so we'll see uh we'll see if that changes uh if that changes uh how walmart operates who knows maybe we'll be walmart prime subscribers soon enough <laughs> i doubt it Next um <laughs> have to tune in to find out um guys we're out of time for news. We, we talked so long about young people blood. We didn't get to talk about the new Samsung Galaxy Note. Oh, oh no. How will I sleep tonight? Um, 
oh well we'll have to move on to picks and we've got some good picks here i am excited every week on the show uh each one of us come to the show with something we've read or watched or bought or used or tried or have otherwise enjoyed and we share them with you the folks at home and uh dan why don't you go first what do you have for us here uh what do i have for you there I don't even remember now. You've got a, you've oh, got, there we you've go. Got a movie. <laughs> oh yeah. So on the plane back from Scotland, uh, international flights have great movie selections. Just really good stuff. Uh, and so, like again, like my friend was saying over the weekend, oftentimes if I was not sufficiently motivated to see a movie in theaters, and it's not on Netflix, I will never see it. Uh, <laughs> so the the Big Short was on the in flight entertainment system cross-atlantic flight and uh i watched it i watched something else too oh zootopia uh, and i watched this oh and i watched another thing uh One flight? J. J. A- yeah it was the jj J. abrams uh movie thing where it was like uh anyways super this, eight no, no it was <laughs> it was uh like a big monster movie oh but, cabin in the woods no, I don't think that was it. <laughs> that one wasn't that good. Okay, anyway. Uh, this, The Big Short, was really good. Uh, it's, it's, it's the mark of a good movie that people... people If someone says a movie is good but they're unable to describe it to you, that is a great movie. So I'm going to struggle to actually describe kind of how this movie is. Picture... So it's about the 2008 uh, economic collapse... In the housing crisis, it's done like part the office esque mockumentary style, part uh, Wolf on Wall Street absurdist, but not quite uh, part actual documentary uh, with a truly bizarre cast of like Christian Bale, Ryan Gosling, and Steve Carell all doing kind mostly serious roles. And Steve Carell is my favorite character. He like. He's he is amazing in a dramatic role. It's really good. Uh, I learned a lot. They have these crazy. Uh, so they'll have like two bankers at dinner, and they'll start to talk about some technical detail of the collapse, and then they'll like snap cut to a supermodel in a bathtub, and she'll be like, "I know you're about to fall asleep, so I'm going to explain like mortgage-backed securities to you." And then she just does like it says exactly what they're going to say. And and then like then it snaps back to the scene at the dinner table. It's just a really weird movie, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. So uh, check out the Big Short. And I came back, and it is on Netflix. So I could have watched it before I went. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm pretty sure the Big Short is on Netflix right now. <laughs> yeah, so check it out on Netflix. The cool. Big Short. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, check that. I was just looking up uh, the the. Um... As you were describing it, I'm like, that sounds really funny. And then that's because I remembered it was directed by Adam McKay, who you may know from Anchorman and Step Brothers and um, Good Good Pal with uh, Will Ferrell. It, it, but again, it's it's not that funny. Like, right. there are funny parts, kind of like how any good dramatic movie has funny parts that break the tension, too. But o- overall, it's just, like, eye-opening and kind of horrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Steve Carell's in it, which is like you don't normally describe things that Steve Carell's in as eye-opening and kind of horrifying. Uh, so yeah, I liked it a lot. Maybe one of those things, but not both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Very good. Check that out, Colby. You've got a uh, a nice read for us. What is this here? Yeah. So so 
Uh, my pick is a book, which is crazy um, because I think in the last five years, I've read like two books that Dan hasn't told me to read. Um, <laughs> but uh, this isn't this is a nonfiction book. Um, it's called Liquid Intelligence, The Art and Science of the Perfect Cocktail. Um, and so I guess you might call it a cookbook for cocktails or like a recipe book. Uh, I was thinking about it as I haven't finished it yet. I'm like halfway through. Uh, it's more like a textbook. Um, so it is like a very scientific breakdown of like making cocktails. And it starts at the the simplest from the simplest uh, tools that you might use to the most complex tools. Um, it goes through the science of like how water freezes and melts uh, and how that affects your drinks. And there are charts and graphs uh, and it's incredible. Um, I feel like I'm halfway through and I feel like it is like actively raised my cocktail game. Like uh, it is like made me aware of details of in, in drinks that, that I'm making that I just wouldn't, couldn't have been aware of before. Cause I would never have thought to think about it. Um, it's really great. And it's made even greater uh, by the fact. So, so the author owns a bar. It turns out his bar is in New York City, and it turns out that this winter I went there with Dan. So the the author owns uh, his bar is called Booker and Dax in in New York. Um, and I specifically remember this because we went to Booker and Dax, and they were telling us how they like clarify their juices with centrifuges and all this crazy stuff. And I was reading through this book, and the guy's talking about. Uh, his equipment and he's like i i use you know we have centrifuges and like uh vacuum distillers and all this crazy stuff and i was like huh that that sounds like that bar we went to and so i looked it up it turns out it's the same person uh which blew my mind but so it's cool. yeah it's it's really fantastic i've i haven't even gotten to like the craziest stuff yet um i'm halfway through and and we've gone through he's gone through uh like liquid nitrogen muddling and doing rapid infusions with nitrous oxide in uh like a, a whipped cream whipper um it's it's all really fascinating and i've already bought uh more more stuff on amazon more more things on amazon than i care to admit so uh if <laughs> did you if buy some, some did you buy a tank of liquid nitrogen on amazon colby <laughs> No, it turns out liquid nitrogen liquid nitrogen is probably a thing I'll never buy because you need like legitimate <laughs> legitimate uh like storage facilities to keep liquid nitrogen like there are serious safety risks. I was I was about to say as, I, as you might expect. I hope you they have just very keep good, them on uh, the streets here in New York. Thanks. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> well, let's just hope you have really good renters insurance. Um <laughs> Very good. Well, check that out, Liquid Intelligence. The link to that and all of our picks will, of course, be on the website, don'tpanic.io. Now, Colby, real quick, would you, did you, you read this uh, in hardcover, I'm guessing, not in Kindle? Yeah, um, I think I would get it in hardcover again. Uh, I think it's also a pretty, like, it's a big, uh, uh, it's like a big, it's like a textbook. textbook. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a nice, like, coffee coffee table thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, if you're if you're into that kind of thing it's like there are excruciatingly detailed like processes with pictures of each each and every step and like pictures of what not to do and stuff it's it's very it's very helpful um so 
that's my pick. Very cool. Check it out. Uh, that would make it my turn, gentlemen. Bum, bum, Go for it. bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it's everyone submit to your new uh, Alexa overlords. <laughs> Alexa, Sean, uh, raise the it? cylinder up. The time is ten thirteen p.m. Hey, look at that! It's late. Um, no, yes, it's eleven thirteen p.m. Well, you not in Houston, <laughs> not in the mm. South. Oh, um, weird. No, we've, that's right, the Amazon Echo Speaker. That's right, on Prime Day, uh, they had a healthy discount, and with most things on Amazon, I couldn't help myself, so I bought Amazon Echo Talking Speaker. Um, I will give you my mini review, because I've had it for a few weeks now, and um, it's pretty good. It's not great, so here you go. The, the, and feel free to ask me any questions, but uh, what's good um, the predetermined commands work really well. Like, um, uh, g- give me a band name. Snarky Puppy. A normal band name. <laughs> They're pretty normal. <laughs> right, well, Alexa, play Snarky Puppy. Shuffling Snarky Puppy from Prime. <laughs> Snorky? Sounds like Snarky Puppy to me. Yeah. There you go. So, Alexa, stop. And so the, the the commands work pretty well, and it does all the play music. It's got the Pandora and all that, and it's the the to do so list and shopping list. Play right? music? How like can it use any service? No. So it has a it does Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, Amazon Prime. Um, I think those are okay. most of the major. So it's got the major ones. Um. And uh, to-do list and shopping lists work well. Um, I think this is the first ever tease we'll do for next week's picks, but I also bought some smart light bulbs to go with it uh, because oh, you, can't, you can't just buy the speaker. Um, and I will review those next week, but it works pretty well with those. Um, the cons, it does not work great for the transcription stuff. So it like knows when you're saying add to my shopping list. But when you actually say what you want it to add, it's kind of hit or miss. Like I was like, I needed blank DVDs. So I'm like, add blank DVDs to my shopping list. And it's like D dot V dot D's. And I'm like, what? It it doesn't work super great with that. The other thing too is the speaker for music in it is not great. Mm. It's okay. And for voices for podcasts, it's really not optimal. Because it's just, it doesn't have enough bass. And it's, if, if you've got other... You know, if you're like cooking and you've got the sink running and doing stuff, it's very hard to hear over that. So it's not great for voices. Um, but the integrations work really great. Good, not great. I don't think it's a must buy, but if you're interested in smart home stuff and you've got a lot of smart accessories, mm-hmm. it works pretty well with all of those. So I, I know a bunch of people who I work with who have Amazon Echoes uh, and they like it because they like hack on it like they build things that do amazon echo well like another really good example is i have a a harmony smart remote for my tv and through ift i've connected it so i say you know watch tv or watch netflix or watch blu-ray and actually i programmed in a couple channels you can say watch cnn and it will turn on the tv and tune it to cnn so it's like little things like that are cool the problem is you need the harmony smart remote and the smart light bulbs and now i gotta get a smart thermometer a smart thermostat, you know, because you gotta have all the smart stuff. Um, that's that's really where they get you. That's the problem. So, 
Hmm. Um, but otherwise, it's cool. It's it's a nice little thing to have around the house. You know, good for setting timers and you know just the kind of add stuff to the to do list and all that kind of stuff. So not not a must buy, but I don't I don't regret it. It's good, you know. I'm yeah. so lonely here. It's nice to have a friend. <laughs> uh, uh, it's good. And like I said, uh, next week I'll talk about my Philips Hue light bulbs, which, uh, spoiler alert, they're pretty great. So, um, But I will pick those next week. Okay, we are out of time, uh, gentlemen, unless you have anything else. I'm just nope. psyched to be back. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, first of all, I would like to thank the nearly 100 unique viewers who have watched us live this evening on Facebook. Yeah. That's crazy. So thank, <laughs> thank you. It it is because I wouldn't watch this, so I appreciate it. <laughs> so I wouldn't have to. Um, I, I like don't watch this. <laughs> so thanks to everybody who watched live. Of course, we do it every single week ish. Uh, Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash Don't Panic Show. But if you don't catch us live, you can always get the recordings on our regular website, Don'tPanic.io. There you've got the audio and the video of all of our past episodes and links on how to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music. We're now on TuneIn Radio, which is pretty exciting. That's a new service for us. Um, of course, via RSS, we're also on YouTube and in most major podcasting apps. Of course, you can follow on Twitter at Don't Panic Show. And of course, you can email us, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. If you've got thoughts or feedback, we want to hear it. You can also post it on our Facebook page. We'll read it as well. Um, good. All right. Excellent. Uh, that's, that's all I got. My, my advice to everyone out there, stay cool. Stay yep. frosty. Stay stay frosty. I'm sure Dan's Go ready to get his air conditioner back on. Go USA. <laughs> USA. <laughs> Take home the gold. Um, and we appreciate you joining us. So on behalf of Colby and Dan, this is Sean thanking you for joining us and uh, hoping we'll see you next time for even more tech news here on Don't Panic. <laughs>